The views and opinions expressed by the individuals in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of its producers, Metaphor Creative Media, its management, or affiliates. Police officers were witness to some of the most amazing things in life. Some comical, some horrendous, and some just plain miraculous. When asked why you went into law enforcement, most officers will tell you because it's like having a front row seat to the greatest show on earth. Today, we saved you a front row seat. This is Observations. From Broadcast Beat Studios in Oakland Park, Florida, Metaphor Creative Media presents a show that gives you a personal glimpse of what law enforcement officers see and do in their typical and not-so-typical day of work. From walking the beat to detective, Rob has 35 years of law enforcement experience. Although the staff are all active or former law enforcement, any views, opinions, and all other show content are in no way official views, statements, or policies of any law enforcement agency. To talk to our host, call the podcast studio toll-free at 888-511-COPS. That's 888-511-2677. Hello again, and welcome to Observations, your front-row seat to the greatest show on earth. I'm your host, Rob Lerner, along with my co-host, Gary Dickinson. I want to remind everybody we broadcast live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. from the Broadcast Beat Studios located in Oakland Park, Florida. Here on Observations, we attempt to give you a personal glimpse of what law enforcement officers go through on a daily basis. We'll also talk about recent events, happenings, and the latest hot topics pertaining to law enforcement that not only affect the officers, but you, the general public, as well. If you have a question, a comment, or a story you'd like to share, you can join in on the conversation by giving the podcast studios a call toll-free at 888-511-COPS. That's 888-511-COPS. 2677. You can also instant message your questions and comments live on our Facebook page. We usually come to you on Thursday nights, but uh, being that Thursday is Halloween and most people are going to be out trick-or-treating with the kids or attending parties, we're doing our second episode on canines tonight, uh, Tuesday night. Before we get started, last week I mentioned Detective Dennis Murphy, whom I had the pleasure and honor of working with. Dennis, as I mentioned, was placed in hospice as a result of 911-related cancer. He had undergone 56 bouts of chemo, 60 radiation treatments, and two surgeries. Dennis often traveled to Washington, D.C. with other first responders over the summer during lobbying efforts to convince Congress to renew the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. In June, the 23-year NYPD veteran at the time said he was privileged to see Congress and President Donald Trump unanimously vote to renew and replenish the fund for 9-11 survivors for the next 70 years. Sadly, Dennis lost his battle this past week, surrounded by his family and friends. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Murphy family. Dennis, God rest your soul. It was a pleasure knowing you. Last week, we touched on our four-legged canine partners. We discussed a little about the history of canines and when they came about in police work. These dogs are truly amazing. They're courageous 24-7 and give 110% all the time, as was witnessed 
with the Belgian Malinois who chased down Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS. Tonight, we have a special guest who has many years of canine experience under his belt and is the commanding officer of the canine unit for the Sheriff's Office. Our special guest tonight is Manny Christofios. Manny, thank you for joining us tonight and welcome to Observations. Thank you, happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have Gary. Welcome to Observations. Yeah, man. Yeah. Before we get into tonight's topic, as always, I'd like to discuss some recent events in the news pertaining to law enforcement. The uh, military dog working uh, assigned to the elite Delta Force that was wounded while tracking down ISIS, leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, has now been identified. President Donald Trump released a photo of the wonderful dog on Monday. We have declassified a picture of the wonderful dog. The name was not declassified as of yet, but we now know it to be Conan. It was named after Conan O'Brien. He said the, jo uh, the dog did just a great job in capturing and killing the leader of ISIS, but Abu Bakr al-Badi, Trump tweeted. Okay. Uh, there were reasons for keeping the dog's name uh, classified for reasons they were afraid if they announced the dog's name, people would be able to recognize the dog's handler and possibly put him in, in danger. The president said on Sunday that the dog was one of several who chased Mr. al-Baghdadi down a tunnel and was injured when the ISIS leader detonated a suicide vest, and gen but General Milley did not mention any, any injury to the dog. So let's get away from the prompter. So th the Malinois, the dog was a uh, Belgian Malinois. Tur right. Turned out to be a female dog. Good testament exactly what the dog is trained and utilized for in military as well as law enforcement purposes, just to keep us safe. So the dog did exactly what it was uh, trained to do. And I, I believe they sent the dog, and prior to the... Uh, Delta Force actually entering in, into the tunnel that they chased them into. Correct. Primary function, at least on the law enforcement aspect of it, is a locating tool. For the military aspect, same thing. Secondary is for an apprehension or use of force. Um, that keeps everybody, all the people on the, on the front line, law enforcement, military personnel, at a safe distance. And as you can see, if any of the military personnel were next to this uh, when the suicide uh, vest went off and the bomb went, went off, you know, it could have been casualties. Absolutely, and, and these dogs—they're fearless. I mean, they don't—you know—they don't have the same fears that we do. Well, these dogs, if you think about it, no matter the breed, they're genetically perfect to do exactly what they are doing at that time. So, the dog is doing it um, to make his handler happy, but he's ready to do exactly what these dogs are doing. So there are having fun doing what they're doing. They are bred to work, and they love doing their job. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny because the uh, Belgian Malinois is the same breed of dog that they used when they went after Osama bin Laden back in 2011. Right. Commonly for law enforcement and, and uh, military aspects of it, we'll use Belgian Malinois as well as the German Shepherds. Um, I guess the biggest difference between the Shepherd and the Malinois is, uh, from my experience, um, with the unit that... Uh, I supervise, it's actually a split. We have 50-50 for Malinois and Shepherds. Shepherds um, tend to be a little bit more methodical, slower pace, where the Malinois is very uh, hyper, and it continues. Shepherds last, if you would, and you know, we obviously live in Florida, 90 degree weather would tend to last about an hour before it would have to rest, hydrate, and continue, where a Malinois will go a lot longer. And uh, medically as well with the hips and so on and so forth. So the, the less uh, health issues with the, with correct, the Malinois. Correct. You know, they said the, uh, the president of the Belgian Malinois Club said that the Malinois are, uh, have a great deal of courage and a willingness to work. 
willingness to please as well. They're, it's called a prey drive. It's a prey drive that they have, and that's their work drive. And it is, it, it's, it's never ending. It's, it lasts and lasts and lasts. Um, where I've been on several searches where I'm exhausted and the dog continues to go. And uh, um, any great dog will, will, will continue and just fight for that ultimate prize. Yeah, they, they mentioned that the price of a Malinois, a regular Malinois, could be about $1,500. And for a trained dog, they said a trained Malinois could, could be up to $30,000, if not more. That's correct. That's absolutely correct, depending on how much training it has with the dog and where the vendor goes, depending on the reputation of the vendor and so on and so forth, it could go up to $30,000. Absolutely. Actually, it could go even further than that. Um, we have certain dogs that are priced even higher than that with a different aspect, a different uh, job function than uh, apprehension or bloodhound. Amazing. Amazing how much they cost. But they're still cheaper than hiring a cop. Yes, and you know what? Um, with the training that especially we, we do within the dogs, um, it's, it's never-ending. We train all the time. We have a designated day that we train with our dogs. But, uh, I mean, just... For FDLE standards, it's a minimum of 480 hours before you can even look at an evaluator to get certified with your pup. So it's it's a lot of training. It is it is you're held to the highest standard because you're subject to the highest liability within the unit. So within an agency, so you know nothing's perfect. It is an animal, but you got to come very very close. Yeah, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do the math as we speak. 480 hours, you figure 40 hours of training a week for mm-hmm. a cadet. Right. Okay, so it's 160 hours a month. So right. you're talking the dog's got almost. a little over three months of training. It's so right. almost half an academy. And that's when everything goes right. Right. <laughs> There's several times that you, you wouldn't believe how many times we, we call it wash. Okay. Wash a dog where um, we will do... Um, everything we can to test the dog from a vendor. We have very, very reputable vendors. And um, sometimes it's it just, you know, just like humans, you know, they're, they're a living, breathing animal where sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. And sometimes you think you have it, but ultimately you don't. And we'll find that in the dog as well. These dogs, we put them through absolutely everything that you could possibly think of because they can't fail. They can't fail. When we need, to, we need them and we need them at the most, they have to be there without fail, without cowardice, all right? They have to show that drive, perseverance to succeed, and they have to do that 100% of the time. Gotcha. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, a love unit. <laughs> you have to I love did. to be in the units. All right. Next story that we're going to talk about, uh, Las Vegas, a police dog is on the mend after getting stabbed on the job. Police dog with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department is on the road to recovery after getting stabbed in the line of duty early Saturday. The canine named Hunter was assisting the SWAT team in a standoff situation when he was allegedly stabbed twice in the neck by 27-year-old suspect Jose Arquilla, according to KSNV News. During the attack, Arquilla's blade broke when it struck Hunter's collar, preventing worse injuries. Arquilla was arrested for mistreating a police animal and resisting a public officer, the report said. Hunter, a Belgian Malinois, has been on the force for seven years. Working is the activity that makes him the happiest, the uh, Las Vegas PD said. And if recovery goes well, he'll be returning to service in a matter of weeks. In the department's latest post, Hunter appears to be moving on his own and resting up in his handler's living room. 
The pooch was given two specialized dog biscuits with the phrases, thank you for your service and get well, Hunter. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and it's, again, if, you know, the dog stabbed in the neck and he'll be back to work mm-hmm. in a relatively very short period of time. Mm-hmm. You know. And not skip a beat. And not skip a beat. Mm-hmm. You're right. And uh, be just as fearless as he was yeah. that day. Yeah. And unfortunately, in situations like that, we will take all precautions as we can. You know, we have canines in, in, in the unit that are assigned to our SWAT. We have several handlers that go and undergo special training with our SWAT operators and, and vice versa where SWAT operators will walk with the handlers and stuff like that. Um, we have equipment. We have amazing foundations, amazing foundations that donate vests, protective vests to our, to our pups and stuff like that, which is great. But unfortunately, just like us, we don't have neck protection and stuff like that. And, and you know, the pups will don the vest when they're out with SWAT. But again, in Florida weather, 90 degrees, it's, you know, it's a give and take. you got to make sure the uh, protection for the dog as well as his health for just, you know, while he's tracking and working, you can't have the vest. Because I actually I run into the questions like that all the time. It's like, why you have a bulletproof vest? Why doesn't the dog? Well, I don't have layers of fur. <laughs> and they don't know that's you know heat we sweat all over we have pores all over our body where the dogs only sweat in two places their tongue their mouth and their paws and that's it looks so it's it's one of those things that uh several you know it's a great question but we will definitely you know at all costs protect our pups oh yeah so. absolutely you know and you know where he's getting it to is we get hurt uh you know, Stead, we're going to be out for uh, mm-hmm. God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And these dogs, the not only that, we have, we undergo handler protection as well, um, which I had to utilize that twice. And those were great, great um, cases where I it was it was right there confronting a suspect, and he had the fight and flight, and he was he decided to fight, and um, it was on, you know, and it was completely. Uh, uh, you know, I was obviously you, 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 you try to be as ready as possible, but you know, action versus reaction and um our vehicles are, are equipped with something called a bailout button. And uh I had that uh, on my vest like I'm uh, suppo- like I was supposed to and trained to utilize it and um this was with a retired dog. I've I've had two dogs now that uh, one working, one retired and and that dog jumped out of that car and he saved me one hundred percent. Um he saw dad in a struggle, in a fight and he came and I tell you what, it was, it, it was almost like um, you train for that all the time to see it, and to, to feel that you know you are protected by your partner. It That's was amazing. You know, and I, I've always said it. Um, probably one of the best partners to have is that canine, oh, in the sense that you know he or she is going to be there, and, and they, they they'll die for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and the. Uh, Love that they give you is so unconditional, whether uh-huh. it's a domestic animal or, or a dog that you're working with. I mean, you spend more time with your canine than most people spend with family members. Absolutely. We bring the dog home. Right. You know, um, it's a great program where we have once the dog retires, uh, for legal reasons, we purchase the dog for a dollar. Right. And and we uh, he lives the rest of his life as, a, uh, as, as he should, as a pet. And, you know, we... Uh, uh, spoil them. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, give them steak dinners and stuff like that because they deserve it, 100. percent You do. I want to remind everybody out there, especially if there are any canine listeners, to give us a call at 888 511 cops. 
That's uh, 888-511-2677. If you have any stories you'd like to share, any experiences, we definitely welcome your call and encourage you to get in on the conversation. Uh, we're going to change the next story up a little bit. Um, St. Louis cop who was told to tone down gayness wins a $20 million lawsuit. In Clayton, Missouri, a 24-year veteran of the St. Louis County Police has won nearly $20 million in an anti-discrimination lawsuit. The week-long trial, which ended Friday, included testimony about several times Sergeant Keith Waldhaber was denied a promotion about the use of demeaning homophobic terms to refer to him, as well as the retaliation he faced after filing a complaint. In about three hours of deliberation, the jury sided with Wildhaber on both the discrimination and retaliation counts. It awarded him $1.9 million in actual damages and $10 million in punitive damages on the discrimination allegation, as well as $999,000 in actual damage and $7 million in punitive damages for the retalia- retaliation allegations. You know, today it's, it's, a, it's a different world today. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's uh, something we have to be more accepting of everybody else. Whatever, whatever your beliefs are, um, whatever your sexual orientation is. You know, years ago when I started, um, back in 1984 and before, and when you started, <laughs> yeah, when you started many, many years ago. Um, you still have call boxes. <laughs> yeah. On the quarters. Yes, I parked my horse down the street. That's it. They didn't have radios back then. They had tin cans with a string attached. You know, you just needed a very long <laughs> string. But, but back then, you really didn't hear about it. You know, if an officer was gay, it was uh, kept secret mm-hmm. because they were afraid it would be uh, the end of a career. Um, the ridicule, everything that they would experience. But today, it's it's different times. You know, so it's... You, you see it more and more. It's, it's much more accepted, as it should be. You know, everybody has their own life cho- uh, choices, and you're, you're entitled to whatever you want to do. Yeah, but you know, I've always said I don't care if you're gay or what you are as long as you do your job and you can do the job and you're there when I need you. That's all. Just you don't have to advertise it to everybody. You don't have to talk about it all the time. I don't do that with my wife. I mean, so it, just I, I don't care what you do. As long as you're a good cop. Yeah, but to uh, not promote somebody, because that, and that's what the issue was. He was well, passed this guy over. Was passed over twenty three times. Twenty three times. I mean, yeah. how many? T- I mean, talk about sending a message. Yeah, I, I was passed over three times. <laughs> Still, well, yeah. I don't want to say anything about that publicly. <laughs> Someone sounds a little bitter. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I actually, it actually worked out to my advantage. I, I have no regrets, no complaints. So. Uh, I've had a blessed career, and uh, I'm very happy with where I am. Yeah, based on on that in itself, it's. I mean, you gotta you gotta move on with the times. That's just it's unacceptable and called for. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I'm sure they'll change their their policies. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure. Absolutely, I'm Seven surprised. Seven million dollars that'll remind you to change pretty quick. Yeah, it was total of twenty million. <coughs> so. Yeah. Tonight, Gary and I are discussing the vital role our four-legged partners play in law enforcement with our guest, Manny Custofios. Manny is a 16-year veteran of the Sheriff's Office and has been assigned to the K-9 unit for the last 10 years and recently promoted to sergeant. He's the current commanding officer of the K-9 unit. Prior to K-9, Manny was an FTO as well as a set team detective. Manny, again... Welcome to Observations. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. You know, 
Before we get into it, I'd like to ask all of our guests a few questions. What did you do prior to getting into law enforcement? Uh, regular jobs. I was a bartender, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, doing certain things, having fun, uh, flipping bottles and all that, going to school as well. What prompted me to get into law enforcement was um, I was an accounting major at a, at a college, and um, I took criminal law as an elective. That piqued my interest, accounting, <laughs> criminal law. Bartending. Cons yeah. <laughs> Cons uh, they kind of go together. <laughs> yeah, contractual law and stuff like that. I had uh, several friends that were in law enforcement, um, asked to do a ride-along, and uh, I was hooked after that. Got into victimology, the study, and lots of studies of, of law, and that was it. Switched my major to uh, criminal justice, got my degree in that, and applied and got hired. And the, and the rest is history. Yes. What, what do you like the most about the job? You know, it's it's honestly it's it's the helping. It's it's seeing your hard work pay off, and um, you know, actually seeing, you know. The, the the people's faces when you're there and you you know unfortunately you don't solve all the problems but you solve that problem for that particular day or you know again working in the canine aspect of it um, you know mom dad works hard you know work very hard for the things they have and they just got burglarized or they just you know were victims of a robbery and you brought that individual to justice because of the hard work that you put in and letting them know, hey, guess what? You know what? I understand that you are suffering from a loss or you've been victimized of a, of a horrendous crime, but you know what? He did not go away. He's going to have to answer for that. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's very, very satisfying for that and just to see them then, you know, that uh, they got some type of gratification. You'd like to see the successful conclusion to... Uh... Yeah. And just to add on to that... Um, I oversee our missing persons unit, as in for the bloodhound aspect of it. And it was, a, you know, seeing that uh, these dogs, you know, mom frantically, mom and dad frantically calls 911 saying that their child has been missing for 8 to 10 hours because they thought they were at a neighbor's house and they're not. And, you know, you think 8 to 10 hours, that's, you know, they thought they were at school, but they're not at school and so on and so forth. Um, first thing that we do is is is, is activate our bloodhounds and and finding the children which we had an amazing story uh the coal springs you know the two girls that were on the news that was recently that uh sent a letter saying that we're running away packed their bags and we were deployed on that and we found those two girls so how long did it take um i believe oh it was from oh the tracking itself um it was a little over an hour it's because of the last known uh positive sighting okay to where they were what and were they, um, what were the ages i'm sorry what were the ages they were I believe in high school or middle school, I'm not too sure, I can't remember, but there were alert flyers everywhere. They were also on the news. Um, wow. So that was amazing. But then the dog played two function in that aspect because obviously there was something wrong with the girls. You know, so they, for, they were upset about something and they were not talking to law enforcement. So the dog is also certified as a therapy dog. So that dog played that role after finding, brought comfort to the girls and they opened up. Right. And they were able to talk about their problems and we were able to get them help and get the family help. 
So that was, to me, it's, it's a yeah, double it's a success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the amazing thing is they were missing for 10 hours, you said? I don't know how okay. long they were missing okay. until they were notified by law enforcement. Like I said, it was a, uh, an another hour agency. But okay. the tracking itself to when we were deployed, it was approximately that length. What do you like the least about this job? <sighs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, the least? Well, you know what? Unfortunately, there's a lot of criticisms and opinions, and uh, everybody's entitled to them 100%. And I, and I get it, and I get it, but I would love the least part of it is quickly to talk about something without knowing all the facts. And a lot of people are, 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 are like that. That's why, you know what? Our body, you know, we are it, like other agencies were issued body worn cameras. And, you know, I, I was a, definitely a, a person that was not uh, in favor for them because I didn't think that you would do anything for us. But, oh my God, 180 degrees, I think it's an amazing and vital tool. I think, I think all of us felt that way. Same thing when I heard we were going to the body worn cameras. My first fear was that it would cause somebody to hesitate mm -hmm. when something had to be done for fear of the optics not looking right. Right. Um, or the perception or exactly but like, like you said we find that the body-worn cameras actually help us nine out of ten times um absolutely for uh, yeah i was gonna say more yeah, because yeah. Uh, obviously being the supervisor of the unit I, I i feel the complaints and so on and so forth first thing i do is pull up the body-worn cameras not only from my handlers but other backup officers or deputies that are in the area and it's quickly quickly proven that, that you're 100% wrong. And not only that, I would like to invite you to see it yourself. It's public records, please view it. Because if you think you're wrong, please see it as it happens. Because you know what, there are several times where the perception or you know things may look to you in a different way than it, it will to me. But camera's the camera, it is what it is. However, I will caution this, that's under one lens and one viewpoint right so that's why it's great that i can get several viewpoints from several handlers several deputies or officers and back up and view it all and that gives you a perfect clear picture of what happened and the funny thing is too with the um body worn cameras a lot of times it diffuses the situation as well when people realize they're uh -huh. being videotaped it kind of keeps them in check <laughs> all the time yeah i find that all the time yeah. in the united states uh there are approximately 2,000 law enforcement agencies that have canine units. Most law enforcement agencies prefer the German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois, although Dutch Shepherds and uh, Retrievers, Rottweilers, and Doberman Pinchers are also used. What made you get into canine? Actually, believe it or not, the canine, <clears throat> this unit was a unit that I thought that it was unattainable. It was, a, it, the unit is a very elite unit. Um, and I saw the I saw the a handler and a and a, and a, and a canine team work, and I saw firsthand. And I, to me, it was absolutely amazing to get from one point to a second point without losing a beat, having no sightings, no witnesses saying, "Hey, he went this direction, whatever," and utilizing the dog and the dog in itself. Uh, I thought it was absolutely amazing, and that's what. I wanted to do so to me it's a very very fast-paced proactive unit and um, with with a tool that's it's vital to law enforcement and 
it's the best tool on your butt. I call it the Batman belt. The yeah. best tool in our arsenal in law enforcement by far. No matter what area the dog is assigned to, missing persons, bomb, narcotics detection, apprehension, location, it does not matter. We have 56 actually handlers in the agency. And to go back, we have retrievers, we have bloodhounds, we have Malawas and shepherds and Dutch and pointers. And they're just absolutely amazing in all aspects of it. Is that, is that your phone going off there, Mr. Dickinson? Yes, it is. <laughs> the producer's telling me something. <laughs> uh, and what are the requirements to, to get into a canine unit of, of, of an officer? All right, uh, the requirements are pretty much the same as in any specialized unit. Three years on the job, uh, probation stairs is complete, uh, exceptional evaluations, uh, recommendations from your supervisors. Um, it's very, it's uh, not a requirement, but I definitely, especially in the uh, apprehension part of canine, that you come out. We have, uh, uh, um, excuse me, training every Wednesday. And if you think this is something you want to do, come out on a Wednesday and see it for yourself. Um, I respect when, when law enforcement personnel come out on a training day because they're all gun ho and they're willing to do this. And once they get into a suit, I'll don some of the equipment. I don't see them ever again. So <laughs> it goes to show you that it's a love unit. You have to love this unit. It's something like uh, you'll never experience in your career, at least for me. Um, I've been blessed to be back in the unit as a supervisor, something that it was a dream of mine, and it's a reality. So I'm, I feel truly blessed about that. But to, that's two, uh, two, three years, depending on prior law enforcement experience, uh, evaluation recommendation supervisor absolutely and one of the requirements is to take a take a bite in the suit well yes we have um, there's two part of our um, uh, the assessment or evaluate that we evaluate the the prospects of someone want to come in the unit um, it's a physical aspect and it's also an interview part of it as well I remember so. seeing the the job announcements mm -hmm. where you have to be able, you have to be in great physical shape to keep yes. up with the dog you have yes. to be able to keep up with that dog pretty much yeah we, f we have physical training every Wednesday um, you have to be on yeah because you got to remember you're going and you're being uh, you're tracking with the dog for hours upon hours upon hours or you're at a standoff with SWAT for hours upon hours, so it's it's something that you have to be in peak physical shape. And there's also is there also a swimming requirement? Yes, because the dog once the dog yes. goes in the water. Uh, trust me, uh, I uh, used to work in a district where we were surrounded by water, and there's been many times where we had to go into the water. Listen, uh, any there's a saying in canine, any great dog is going to lead you into danger into the ba to the bad guy. No matter if they cross the water, because a lot of a lot of people think, "Hey, I'm going to go into the water." The dogs, no, right? We'll we'll find you absolutely. It's amazing. And what are the uh, requirements for the actual canine itself? Well, there's two things. There's a for for um, for apprehension. For apprehension, right. I'll speak about that. For all dogs, you have to have a good play drive. It's it, it's it's a play slash prey drive, meaning the dog is going to do what he's instinctively make his his makeup. What he use genetically born to do all right uh, they're not domesticated animals as in uh, you know you buy a, a pet from the pet store we get them from Europe they are working dogs so you have to have the prey and defense meaning so you have the the work in the dog the dog wants to work he loves to work any everything he thinks you know just work 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 um, the second is the defense mechanism that so when you have a suspect that is extremely violent um, that chooses to fight 
the handler chooses to fight the dog, the dog's not going to cower away. So those are the two things that we um, we have with the dog, including no fear of gunfire. We do a lot of gunfire with the uh, uh, with our canine partners. Uh, we'll be on the range with SWAT operators, and we'll have a full stack go live and go hot, and we'll do obedience with our dogs and. You know, we protect our dogs with <laughs> with uh, Q-tips and stuff like that because their sense of hearing is so so uh, great. But yeah, they, it's it's for every one dog that's selected, we'll probably go to thirty to forty dogs that you that you fail that we will pass off. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you get back to the gunfire, because you know, even when we're on the range and the first round goes off, I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's loud and sometimes it's startling. When the dog is startled by the gunfire, mm -hmm. and it displays that behavior over and over again. Mm -hmm. would, would that be a disqualifying factor? Or, or is it something our, you could train the dog to? No, no, that's something that they're, they either have or they don't. For our dogs in our unit, it's almost like a track star on that starting line, waiting to hear that gunfire, and it's just ready, ready to go. I, that's the, the, the best analogy I could use in comparison. That the dogs, if you know, they, they become more alert and they're like, okay, I know what this means. It's time, time to work. It's time to work and yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah. They so think it's the real deal. Every what time. we, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And they have to think that way. Mm -hmm. So, what we actually do it is play down, so the dog is not so um, quick to work. We'll keep them in an obedience mode, so that they could basically drown out the dog, uh, the gunfire, and remain focused at the task in hand. And that's actually what we do with our dogs. Our dogs are very, very, everything stems from obedience with our dogs. So it's almost like they, they learn to tune it out. It's another day. Wow. Another, another act that happens. You know, question two, are, are they, are the canines, are they trained or can they recognize a police uniform? <laughs> I get that question a lot. You know that one. So <clears throat> let me backtrack a little bit. I uh, would say don't run in front of the dog. Right? <laughs> let me just give you that tip. Um, Part of uh, our, which is an amazing thing that we do with our training division, is that, that there's some exposure to canine for the new recruits. And I tell them, I said, listen, if you get, uh, if something happens and you get a little nick or anything like that from one of the canine, it's going to be your fault. Uh, they do not recognize <laughs> uniforms. It's going to be your fault. <laughs> that's, so that's a myth. It's, it's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth. But I will tell you this, and this is an actual fact. Our dogs are trained to target. So... Uh, again, in military uh, aspect of this, obviously you can see the military have uniform and so on and so forth. Once the dog is targeted on a subject, the dog is targeted on the subject. We will train where we have several handlers in a group setting where we'll have the dog, and we utilize lots of equipment, muzzles and so on and so forth, and we'll have one decoy slash bad guy, and the dog will be targeted on that, that, on that bad guy, and he will run through the crowd. And that dog will run and follow him through the crowd, and he will not engage anybody else except for that bad guy. It's almost like a heat-seeking uh, missile. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's an it's an amazing thing to watch, and an amazing thing what these dogs know. Uh, like I said, the tool is absolutely vital. You know, I know the uh, a lot of the commands are verbal, and a lot of the trainings are done with hand gestures as well. Are they do they recognize hand signals? Yes. Uh, they recognize verbal, nonverbal commands, and also lights and stuff like that. When we are in, a, prior to being promoted to the unit, um, I was deployed in a lot of SWAT operations, and um, the dogs are exposed to marine, to repelling, to the helicopters, and building clearance where you, um, 
being as quiet as possible is key for the element of surprise, especially when you're in a, a SWAT operation function. So we'll, I, I've trained my dog to actually had a little green laser light. If I wanted him to check an area, I point it on that and the dog will go. And so it's, the dogs are amazing. It's just training. You keep it consistent. The dog's going to do exactly what you want him to do all the time. And it's, it's, like I said, it's it's an amazing tool. What about hand gestures? Hand gestures as well. I utilize hand gestures with my dog. But if the dog is focused in front of you, that's why I went to a lighting. The laser. A, a laser. Okay. I, didn't, I started with a flashlight, but obviously you know how it could shadow and stuff like that. Sure. And uh, I went to a, a, a straight beam. Right. And... Uh, Utilize that part of it. So you and, ever, um, do you ever use this hand signal? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have we have one uh, handler that is uh, assigned to our SWAT unit, and uh, it's absolutely amazing what he does with his pup. It's just it is absolutely amazing. You know, because it's funny you know you're seeing the movies and everything, and even the SWAT guys they have their hand signals. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I would imagine they do something like that with the dogs. Yes. So yeah, we do. We we use the signal when uh, we're up. And again, it puts the operator and the handler at a tactical advantage to be behind a position of cover and concealment, being able to put the dog, have him search in a whole entire area, alert at one particular place, behind a door, down a hallway, and even though the, the operators will do a cursory search and stuff like that, we know where we need to focus. To have that, it's almost like having x-ray eyes. Right. Think about the advantage that we have, you know, and placing our operators and our handlers at a safe distance away from that potential threat. It's 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 an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, I, have you, I have a question for you. What about distractions like other cats and dogs that are in the area? Okay, I've got a question in my ear. What about other distractions? <laughs> I got it too. <laughs> okay. so, so there's your question. The question is uh, distractions, other cats and dogs that are in the area. Does it interfere with the canine? Okay, so other animals, it can interfere with the dogs. Um, however, we train to minimize that as much as pos- possible. The dogs are a dog. Okay, right. so there, there are going to be distractions, but we have commands, and we'll refocus the dog at the task at hand and command him to continue searching, continue doing what he's supposed to do. So he will refocus and continue. So we train very heavily on that and and uh, for that aspect of it. But, you know, I tell you what, there's other things that will get in a dog's way, you know, like um, uh, a possum. That's a good thing. You know, the possum has a, a very close human odor to it. Really? Believe it or not, I learned that because I, I tracked a possum one time. I swore it was the bad guy, right. but it was a giant possum. And I learned learned that, that that day, Googled it. And, That's interesting. And uh, it's one of those things. So that was a distraction. However, we focused the dog, continued, and ultimately found the bad guy. Can you, uh, can you talk a little bit about that button release for the car and what that did for you? Uh, absolutely. Um, so because of technology and because of things that happened in the past, which, um, you know, unfortunately we had dogs left in vehicles or engines breaking down, the AC turning off. Technology is amazing. The vehicles that we have now are basically built for the dogs, the dog's comfort and the dog's safety in mind. Um, currently, I have a SUV that uh, is equipped with dual fans, um, sensors everywhere, a bailout button which I'll, I'll, I'll address as well, as well as a app that goes to my phone. So it'll let me know when the dog's not comfortable. When it reaches a certain temperature, it'll give me an alert. Um, it's, it's 
also it'll tell me if my dog's in the car and I did not let him out. So if the engine is turned off, the AC is turned off, it will alert me, hey, your dog's still in the car and you didn't let him out. You know, time out. So, let me interrupt you. And that's ahead. what we need for passenger vehicles with all these cases Kids. that we have with children are left in the car. Patent that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you got your next meal. <laughs> um, but for the bailout functions, um, we've had incidents in the past where handlers were under duress, um, were engaged in a physical altercation with a subject, and um, the dogs were left in the car. Let me interrupt you for a second, too, because I think a lot of people might not realize that because you're a canine officer, not every call is the dog with you. Correct. Uh, just there's, there's guidelines when we deploy the dog. Right. Yeah, a, a simple suspicion, suspicious person at the corner, you know, to somebody is suspicious, to us it's not. So we would answer those calls for service just like a regular officer would do, will answer that call. So we will not deploy the dog. There's, uh, there's guidelines in when we can and cannot deploy the dog. Um, so there's been incidents where there's calls where officers were acting in the capacity as an officer, not a handler. And it turned into a situation where they wish the dog was there. It probably would have saved their lives. Um, there's definitely one that uh, we talked during break about, and it was a situation where the um, the handler probably would be alive today if he his vehicle was equipped with this bailout system. Um, the dog was uh, watching his dad engage in a physical altercation, and he could not help uh, to the point where the dog injured himself trying to get out. And um, uh, he was just, he was stuck in the car and you couldn't help his handler uh, or his dad. And uh, unfortunately, the, the officer passed. Carrie, you were working back then when that happened? Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> Officer Scott Winter. He had came upon a mentally ill guy uh, that had committed a vicious crime earlier. And he went to apprehend him and the, they got in a fight and the guy got his gun and killed him. <laughs> and uh, the dog was locked in the car. But he had, there, there was some dispute about the agency telling him not to use his pop-out button to let the dog out or not to have it on for some reason. And he ended up getting killed. And like you say, the dog just chewed the inside of that car up because he couldn't get out. The dog was trying to get to him and in the, the worst, worst way. The worse the dog did that, the more frustrated he got. Mm -hmm. he said, and the worse he did more, trying right. to get out. He just went. You know, they've even been known to smack their head into the back windshield so hard so many times that they got out that way yeah there, there's actually been instances where they break the window um unfortunately with our cars they can't do that oh, they're, the they're completely in in enclosed in a in a canine kennel okay um that's for safety but that's also where the sensors are the fans are um like i said the windows will roll down automatically fans will start kicking on and stuff like that but um like i said we 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 train hard with handler protection and i remember an instance where on, during a track, and unfortunately, I, I stepped into a pothole, and uh, I fractured my ankle, and I had my canine partner with me, and I was on the ground, and nobody could go near me. <laughs> the oh, dog actually laid on my chest. To protect you? He laid directly on my chest and laid on my chest, and I'm trying to push him off me. I'm like, <laughs> you know, get off. He was like, nope, I'm protecting you, and I had a call for another handler to get my car, right. and thank God he knew my dog, and he put him away just so... I could get treated by the ambulance still standing by that wouldn't go near me. Yeah, years years ago I had to help a with a canine officer that was hurt. I had to pull a car up and open the door and get the dog and get him in the car and 
um, I used to train dogs, and, mm -hmm. and I was almost in the canine unit. Almost. I actually had a canine unit assigned to me, and I was on the motorcycle squad, and I had the dog and everything ready to go. And then my wife came to me and said, oh, I'm pregnant, and I don't want you to do it. I want you on midnights, and I'm like, okay, fine. So... So I stayed on Happy wife, happy life. But I did a lot of... Uh, That's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. I did a lot of dog stuff, so I know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Not like you do, though, buddy. <laughs> it's very rewarding. And like I said, I'm only talking about the apprehension part of it. But, um, you know, our airports are safer because of our dogs that are assigned to the airport. Our seaports are safer. Um, we are finding children and the elderly that suffer from Alzheimer's and degenerative diseases and stuff like that because of our bloodhounds. Um, you know, these, these bad guys are getting a lot more sophisticated in hiding things and our, our narcotic detect, uh, detention, detection dogs are finding them all the time. And it's, it's pretty clever what they're doing. I've seen one where there's a contraption. You had to turn the call on a car on the, uh, Oh, the hidden compartments, the hidden compartments. Yeah. You, never would have been found unless it was a dog and the dog hit on it and we're like it must be a false something must have been there or whatever so we continued and continued and continued and the dog's telling us hey i'm smarter than you because yeah. he's definitely in there exactly because they're not <laughs> making a mistake there. thank god the handler trusted his pup like he's supposed to and he said listen i'm going to guarantee you that, that something's there and we found it and it was there and it was a lot of there it was a lot of that two point million dollars worth yeah I, I was just talking to rob last week that now they're training dogs to uh detect electronics and mm -hmm. thumb drives and all that kind of stuff in our well, jails because it's another facet of law enforcement mm -hmm. now that we didn't have before mm -hmm. you know? yeah we have a we have a canine a canine team assigned to our jails actually for cell phone detections and it it will detect it's, it's cell phones and, and electronic devices and stuff like that and uh, they have been a very successful team. Now, you, you mentioned uh, thinking that it was a false hit, and you mentioned TSA. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story when I was assigned to the airport. We got a call for a suspicious package in the men's room. And I went to the men's room, and behind the paper towel holder, there was a square bag. It was probably, I don't know, six by four. But it definitely looked suspicious. It didn't belong in the paper towel holder. Mm -hmm. So I called for the canine dog. And the officer came. He had a vishla. And he came into the bathroom, he, the dog jumped up and smelled the item and immediately sat. Mm. And when you know it's not a test and that dog sits, it's a hit and you actually, you can't describe the feeling, you actually feel your insides like just drop. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it as clean as possible, right, okay? Right. But I felt, felt them drop. And I looked at the handler and he looked at me and I said, uh, he sat. He said, he said yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, let's get out of here. Right. He called for his supervisor. Then, you know, we, we cordoned off the air, and we got everybody back as, as, as protocol, and he called his supervisor, who had a senior dog handler, come with his dog. Mm -hmm. And when his dog came into the bathroom, the dog smelled it. it. It was a false positive. What happened was when this particular dog was trained, they would put the, um, the testing equipment, for lack of a better word, you know right. what it's called, on paper towels. Oh, so when the mm -hmm. dog jumped up, he smelled the paper, paper towels, towels, and that's why. Association. So, yeah, so he sat. Mm -hmm. uh, they retrained him, but, I, you know, when you see that, it's like, oh, my God, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunately, as the industry progresses, we learn, obviously, we progress as well and learn what to do, and the training aids become less contaminated with other factors, um, with the narcotics training aids and apprehension tra training aids. Um, 
we have uh, equipment that uh, you know. I don't know if you you know people looking at uh, police dogs back in the past where you'll see the police dog running next to the suspect and never engage and never apprehend him and you wonder why it's because that that dog is looking for the equipment that giant bite suit yeah. that uh, that the yeah. is supposed to wear. Well, I'm looking at this guy and he has regular clothes. So we have actually um, our school progresses from that to less equipment, less equipment to hidden hidden. Bite suits that are underneath regular. They don't clothes. feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't feel good at all. Um, you definitely feel all of the uh, pressure that the dog gives you, but obviously it protects you from the canine. But it's an it's a it's a vital to to and it's all about association to associate the dog, get him out of being fixated with equipment and on to the job at hand. And that's how we do that. And we've yeah, been very you, successful. You really don't understand the power of the bite until you. Have a sleeve on and right. have them get a hold of that and really put the crunch down on it. Oh, absolutely! I always say in the in the, in the canine unit, that flack is a must. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you: Do you believe certain breeds are more suited for different assignments? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, just to touch base, uh, touch back on the bloodhound unit. It, it's g- genetically made up and 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 created to do the job at hand. Um, you see the dog and it, you know, you look at him and you're like, Hey, you know, the dog is cute, but his nose is always wet. His eyes are always droopy and it's always, you know, mucus inside and stuff like that. Well, that's for a purpose. When the dog is on a track, the dog's head goes down. All that floppy skin is actually there for a reason. All of that funnels that scent into the dog's nose, into its face, his ears, the reason why it's so long is to it acts as a shovel and it just scoops up all that scent. That's why bloodhounds can track and track and track, and they'll do it based on a scent article, and that's called a scent article track. Um, great story on this where one of my handlers um, was called to a long time delay. Uh, I would almost say half a day time delay where the parents uh, found a suicide letter from from daughter. Okay and said that uh, I don't want to live anymore, I'm done. Um, obviously, they called 911, and they put a, a bolo be on the lookout for a vehicle, the, the daughter's vehicle. Um, great job on the officer's uh, job, uh, officers doing uh, area checks and located the car. However, she wasn't there, and then, like I said, it was a very, very, very long time today, a long uh, time delay. Well, the handler showed up, and um, normally the the it's it's a it's a case by case situation. It was a decision that I that I had to make. Um, the bloodhound unit is only utilized for missing children and the elderly and non criminal aspect. Um, this is suicidal, so this is is sensitive in nature in itself because as we all know in 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 our law enforcement experience, suicidal people are very dangerous and they become or they could become very dangerous, but. Um, we went ahead and deployed, and she found her. She found her almost a mile away. Um, she had uh, taken lethal doses of, uh, of a narcotic, of a drug, and the handler was able to use uh, her issued Narcan, had to use two of them uh-huh. to get her up and saved her life. Was and this a bloodhound? This was a bloodhound. <laughs> and the way they started was when they found the car, the car was unlocked, so the dog smelled the seat. That was the article that the dog utilized to smell the smell the victim, and listen, the dog can go left, right, can't go east because it was on the beach, right. <laughs> but 
any other direction the dog can go and the dog went exactly where it needed to go um we had aviation we had drones good locator the dog found her and uh, because of that she's alive she would have definitely died according to the uh, uh hospital staff so that's an amazing and that's why the dog is genetically made for that patrol um for the german shepherd and the belgian malinois they are just breaded to work and they will continue to work. They're not the fastest. Obviously, we know, all know the Greyhound right. is probably the fastest, but they are definitely the second. Uh, they're not the best uh, for locating. We know the Bloodhound is, but they're definitely the second. You know what I mean? These dogs can take If I like. I use this, and we do a lot of demos for children and stuff like that. And I love this example. I had a, a senior handler that said this one time, and I'll never forget. The dogs, it will go home. Wife, mom, dad will cook, uh, will cook uh, pasta, you know, and making pasta sauce. We come home, we smell the pasta sauce, and we're like, ah, oh, we're ready to eat, you know? Well, the dogs don't smell that. The dogs smell the tomatoes, the onions, the garlic, the fertilizer that the tomatoes were grown in. All okay? the ingredients. The okay. salt, the pepper. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. Their olfactory cells in their nose are 500 times more than in us as human. So we can, you know, what we smell and what they smell is completely different. That's why, you know, it's been proven in case laws, uh, scent differential. We could, we could, we could actually, which this has happened where we tracked somebody and he was in a group of people and he's like, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. The dog was focused on that person, was, which was telling us it was him. Well, we notified our CI and say, listen, we tracked this person from point A to point B. However, there was no independent witnesses and we couldn't find the pro the the fruits of the crime, which is he burglarized the house. We couldn't find it on him. However, my dog is telling me this. Now it's your turn and you do your job. And the CI detective took him, interviewed him, and sure enough, he confessed to everything. It's an amazing tool. Really I can't is. say enough about it. Awesome. I'm, I'm speechless. Oh, <laughs> that's not me. No, they were made. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not It's not very often when we were at a uh, loss for words. German it's Shepherd amazing. or Malinois. <laughs> For me, I have a Malinois. I know you do. I have a Malinois. Um, are, are, are you particular to them? Um, my retired dog is a Malinois. <laughs> my my current dog is a Malinois. Um, what do you? They're what do you just. Think, what do you think of the Doberman picture? Because that was the Marine Corps dog. For the Dobermans, I know they utilized Rottweilers and Dobermans back in the day. I believe. Um, I know one thing: they're really fast. They're extremely fast, but I, I think their focus on the tracking itself and the locating was not up to par, I believe. Um, I would have to do some more research on that, but I know for the Rottweilers, that's why we went away from that because they were definitely an amazing tool for use of force and definitely for a um, show of force. I mean, you're looking at a Dolphin and a Roddy. Rottweilers don't have the, the – they can't go the distance. Right, right. So we, we, we definitely uh, through the years have, you know – shown that uh what what breed works best for law enforcement and the application that we utilize them in so it's you know it's an amazing the bomb dogs and narcotics dogs we use retrievers we use a pointer which is awesome to see the dog because instead of a sit the dog points he goes right. back to it <laughs> how that dog you yeah. know to see the dog actually absolutely so you utilize that i know you used to train dogs um uh, Shutton's, I believe it. Shutton. Shutton title. We 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 purchased Shutton title dogs, and to see them do the revere and go back. Obviously, we worked that out of them for police work. Yeah, well. Excuse me. Um, but to see them do what they do, it's just it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, especially the alerts and stuff like that. And it's yeah. awesome. And as a hand as a handler, do you get to pick your dog, or is it assigned to you? It all depends. So 
coming into the unit, you obviously don't know enough. <laughs> right. You're new. Um, my head trainer will pick the dog, will test the dog, and um, he will interview you. He will talk to your family. He'll what's best suited for you, your family, and obviously for the agency in itself. Um, once you are a senior handler, you have the absolutely you can whatever is obviously with our vendors what's available and at the time as well. But if there's something which I haven't really experienced too much of it, where we have a um, a good amount of dogs to choose from, um, we'll have the handler go out and choose his dog for the first time, especially if it's a senior. Oh, only if it's a senior handler, he'll go ahead and do that. I have um, handlers that worked Malinois like I have and say, you know what, I want to try working a shepherd just to you know see what's Change going on. Up. But I'm going to tell you this right now: both dogs are abs. Both breeds are absolutely amazing. Um, their their work ethic and their work product speaks for itself it just they don't stop it's an amazing amazing tool yeah i know some of the some of the handlers people that i've spoken to in the past a lot of them well not, not, probably a few of them consider the dog it's a tool we know it's a tool mm -hmm. but treat it as a tool mm -hmm. where they come to work the dog knows when it's time to go to work, and it's funny because they all tell me as soon as they start getting dressed, the dog mm -hmm. starts getting antsy. He wants to go to work. <laughs> Absolutely. And on days off, when the dog sees the handler getting dressed, it's like, hey, I, I want to come. I want to work. Right. But uh, I know some of them actually treat the dog as a tool where the dog goes to work. They come home. The dog goes in the kennel. Right. Separate from the family, separate mm -hmm. from the other pets. In the morning, it's time to go to work. They go to work, and it, it's the same same thing. Right. Um, it's routine. That's what that's what we do um, for, especially for this type of breed. Because think about it: if if you have a pup that um, is working, you know, all the time, and you got to remember, animals like us, if you had to go to work and deal with certain aspects of work, that eh, it is what it is, or you could stay home, be caressed by family all day long, fed treats all day long. Are you gonna to want to come to work? No, I, I, <laughs> so that's that's why we we have a fine understanding on okay the dog needs to be working okay because if you lose that balance the dog's not gonna to want to work. Um, again, we utilize that in our selection process. We will we'll keep that in mind because uh, that's very very rare. Dogs are if they're inside with the family or inside a kennel, it's they're both as long as. Their focus at work when they're when it's time to go to work, it's not a problem. It's yeah. very rare, but the dog is family. Like I said, the dog is family. However, the dog is a tool. You know, I am going to put my dog in the position to be successful and safe. However, if it's you and I, and I have to release my dog in order to save you or keep myself alive, that's what the dog's there for. Yeah. You know and. I will never present him in a situation that way because lethal force is lethal force. The dog is a non-lethal force tool, just like your hands, your feet, your taser, your baton, your voice, non-lethal. So you will never introduce him into a lethal aspect, even if it's going to be a potential lethal aspect. Dog stays in the car. There's no reason for that. You know, I've seen probably in the movies will they release a canine dog. A guy's got a gun, something mm -hmm. like that. Do they train the dogs... To go after certain, if a weapon is presented, do they? Uh, no, not if a weapon is presented. The well, dogs I know you are, would, re right, would the, release it. But. Right, the dog is is trained to go f with uh, go for appendages, okay. the the arms and the legs. Okay, it's that's um, 
uh, a behavior trait for the dogs when they go after their prey. They want to they go to a, an area of the the animal if they're under prey, on a, under a prey drive to be able to close their mouths. The dogs feel more comfortable when the dog the mouths are closed. So because of that, the appendages is what we do. Plus, like I said, it's a non lethal tool. It's an apprehension. It's a one time bite and hold, and that's it. Dogs can't grab you with their paws. <laughs> they don't have their thumbs. So the way they could apprehend is only by their mouth. But it's a one-time bite. You hear these, these stories of a police dog mauled my client or all. No, no. It's a one-time bite and hold. And the dog is immediately released upon your compliance. Once the subject complies, use of force stops so, immediately. It's like once the handcuffs are on. It's done. Absolutely. And our dogs are 100% trained to. And like I said, we get certified by every year by FDLE and uh, all by command. We, you know, even to the recall where let's say a subject decides that he wants to go ahead and give up. All right. He was not compliant. He was combative. He's running away from law enforcement. He jumps over the fence, but now he's tired. And he says, you know what? <laughs> this is not worth it. I give up. But the handler already released the dog. <laughs> well, guess what? Absolutely. We have proven by... We have proven to FDLE, and we certify every year that we will call the dog back, and the dog will stop in its tracks, which you know, and something will stop in its tracks and come right back to the handler. It's called a recall, and it has to be proven that the dog can do that without equipment, without correcting, without anything. And every time. And these dogs do them, and it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I wonder if any of them are ever disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, oh, man, come well, on. Yeah, because it's the on. thing they yeah. most drive for. They're going for it. I, I, and, <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll correct you on that. You know what their biggest drive is now, and then what we train is dads of praise. The Kong. Right? No, oh, no. Oh, just dads verbal. praise. Okay. The what praise? Dad's praise. The handler's oh, yeah. praise yeah, yeah. is actually its biggest driving force for the dog wanting to do well. That's what we train. Yeah, that's true. It's that it's the true. toy and, and everything like that. Is what the I biggest reward is that attaboy that dad's going to give you because you day, listen. Yeah, that's what it's about. So. Gotcha. And uh, I, I know you mentioned we have 56 uh, canines. 56, yes, 56 uh, canine teams. And we have 56 teams there? 56 teams with all with a variation of uh, application from, like I said, uh, money dogs, gun dogs, um, missing persons, apprehension, bomb, narcotics, uh, cadaver, um, the cell phone, uh, electronic. Um, we also have vapor dogs and that's a, a something that's new basically it's very very small traces of um bomb utilizing equipment on people um like we saw passing the news in the shoe and stuff like that while the target's moving at a fast pace so we'll have va we have vapor dogs and I've, in the I've, airport and I've, stuff like that i've uh, awesome. actually assisted some of the guys at the airport years ago we yeah. would do it say hey ca carry this and walk down the terminal mm -hmm. and it was pretty interesting oh it's amazing to see these dogs and and they're they are they're held to extremely high standard um, uh, of proficiency. Those TSA dogs and those handlers. And let me tell you something. Those guys, those handlers are are absolutely amazing. Um, it, they are they they also play a vital role at the airport. And um, it's that airport is extremely safe because of those handlers. It's it's an amazing thing to do because um, they check. It's con but it's continuous because obviously you know. We lose our mind when we go on vacation, and we'll lose a bag here, we'll lose a bag there, we'll forget a bag, and that, those canine teams are quickly deployed, and they'll quickly grab that bag, render it safe. Right. That way, um, you know, people go on, on their ways because people are 
frantic everywhere they oh, go. Absolutely. And they see a, a bag that's not uh, unattended. But then they see a handler come up, sniff with the dog, and the bag is gone. I mean, they're very relieved. I've seen it several times. You know what? There's two animals that are absolutely amazing to human beings. One is the horse, because he can do so much and mm-hmm. train so much. And he's built this country, if you really think mm-hmm. about it. Very smart animal. And the other person is the dog. Mm-hmm. From everything, from what you're talking about, to sheep dogs, to you name it, a dog does it all. Mm-hmm. Everything. Well, you know, uh, a dog was crucial in, in, in the capturing of Belanin as well. Yeah. You know that? Absolutely. So, Belanin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the military's been utilizing uh, canines, and SEAL teams have been utilizing canines for, for many years. Um, we used to get, for one of our vendors, uh, used to train, actually, some of the uh, SEAL team um, handlers and their dogs and stuff like that. And to see them is... Is, is absolutely amazing because we have to work. Our training is, is extensive, but they train nonstop. And uh, it's uh, a lot of our equipment for law enforcement is being passed passed on to the military. And a lot of it's being um, utilized by by my teams, um, just just seeing what they do and how successful they are. Um, but they use Shepherds, Malinois, mostly Malinois, but uh, both breeds are, are you awesome. Know, you, you think about the nerve it takes to jump out of a C-130 on a halo jump mm-hmm. in total darkness at night over a strange country. You have no idea where you're going to land, and he jumps out with a dog strapped to him right here. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah. And the guys that are going before and after him, mm-hmm. we do. We, believe it or not, we do all that training as well. Yeah. Uh, we do all that with the repelling, with the dogs and stuff like that because... Um, uh, you know, we we are a hub, and you know, this county is growing and is growing. Even though you don't think you can grow anymore, but it is. Downtown Florida has uh, massive buildings, and if one of those are taking over control by people that we don't want there, you need a team. And uh, we'll have the dog deploy from the helicopter, repel down, and uh, and handle business from the top down. Because obviously, you got to get. You got to control it from somewhere. Um, we've had deployments, like I said. Uh, we train with our, our Marine unit. We actively train um, with our SWAT team, aviation. Um, we have a great relationship with our tactical flight officers. It's it's an it's an imperative tool, and um, it works extremely well. You know, it's just exposure and and getting these dogs trained to do what they do, and they just stay focused. It's it's absolutely amazing. Like I said, it's it's a very rewarding. It's a lot of work, but it's very. I guess BSOs come away since I started out. Yeah, absolutely. How many, uh, as far as canine handlers, how many men, how many women do we have? Um, ooh, I don't have that. Uh, uh, well, how many women do we have? Well, I could give you the answer to men if I knew the women. <laughs> the six, yeah, <laughs> it's a sixty-four thousand dollar question. Um, I know, I know, we have three hand, three female handlers in the bloodhound unit. I know we have for two in narcotics. We could have more. Um, they're just broken up more. For what I oversee, I oversee, I oversee directly twenty handlers. Okay. Um, so three of them are are female. Um, for the bomb air airports, I believe there's. One. Okay, I know who. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. And I'm sorry if there's two. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there is. I, I know there's one, and then I know in um, our narcotics division there's two. Okay. So, 
What if about appreh more? apprehension dogs? Any women with the apprehension no, dogs? No, we don't have any women as of right now. Okay. For whatever reason, um, more than welcome to try out. <laughs> um, oh, actually, you know what? We we did have uh, we did have one that tried out, and she was top in the list, and because she was very well liked and she did so so well she was picked for another specialized unit but she's a handler as well okay so she works but she works on the bomb side and uh male canine female canine which which is does it is one more suited you know i used to hear the stories that they didn't want a um a female canine to be a apprehension dog because right. they were afraid that the dog somehow would would keep coming back to the handler okay now I, again, I don't know if it's fact or fiction. And the males, being more aggressive, they would mm -hmm. just just go. Right. Any truth to? No. Um. It's it's just obviously the the female dogs. Our dogs are all alpha males. All right. That's important in the dog that we choose. Now there could be an alpha female. Mm -hmm. All right. I know. Yeah. I married one. <laughs> <laughs> that's another show. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> um. There, there could be an alpha female that will do the job and do it perfect and stuff like that. But then you run into, if she goes into heat and stuff like that and the training and the aspects, then, like I said, the animals are the animals, so the dogs are the dogs. But we do have that in narcotics. We have lots of female dogs in narcotics. And uh, and in that, uh, in the application of just prey, obviously the prey or play drive, you have to have that in any application of the dog. But for when it comes to defense and prey and play drive, for apprehension, um, it's very rare to get a female. Not totally a, a no, but it's just rare. It's just from the vendors that we get and the breeders that we have. That's uh, it doesn't come up <laughs> no, often. I, I guess you know we mentioned so many different uh, functions that the canines handle: narcotics, apprehension, search, search and rescue, cadavers. I had the opportunity to see a cadaver dog work years ago, but they worked it backwards. Mm -hmm. Okay, there was a it was a homicide. A prostitute was killed, and the body was found underneath the boardwalk. And they brought the cadaver dog to the scene. And the dog actually walked it, worked it backwards, mm -hmm. and went from underneath the boardwalk down the street, down an alley, around. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Took us into a building, to a second floor apartment, where we were able to determine that this girl was actually in that apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not sure where the homicide took place, but. It, it was just amazing because the dog, once it got that scent, and it was a, it was a shepherd, it was a German shepherd. Mm -hmm. Once it got that scent, it was just relentless. It yeah. just like a rocket. It was. I know what you're talking about. We have actually deployed our bloodhounds on several homicide cases where we had we had uh, eyewitness or video, large time delay, lengthy time delay, and uh, their dogs would. And would, was able to locate uh, some of the tools that the uh, suspect utilized to uh, commit his homicide. So that was very that was a huge success story in that aspect of it. It was found in the trash can uh, about a three quarters of a mile down from where the incident location was. So again, another way to utilize the dog. Well, you just can't get away with anything nowadays. No, listen, let me, the dog's going to tell you. He's going to he's going to he or she is going to definitely lead you in the right direction. And then uh, all he wants is a little love afterwards, so it's great. <laughs> doesn't take, yeah, it really doesn't take much. Right? A little no. pat on the head and, and some oh, praise. And it's great. It's really. Uh, in, in your experience, uh, or, or in, in your opinion, is one breed more aggressive than the other? 
when it comes to um, apprehension? Um, no, actually, no. More aggressive, no. Um, again, it's 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 that it's that even balance on the play, prey, drive, and the uh, defense mechanism. But uh, for aggression, no, because like I said, these dogs that we get and we test are from uh, vendors that are very reputable, and these dogs come from Europe and the you know Netherlands, Germany, and Switzerland, and they are bred to work. So these dogs cost a lot of money. These vendors want to make sure that they have what they need and they're capable to complete the task at hand and that they are also, you know, they're going to, you know, they don't want to return dogs. They're going to lose money. Your dogs also come with some training. It all depends. It all depends. We can get a green some dog. Do some don't. Yeah, we have something called a green dog. A green dog is no training whatsoever. However, they do exhibit the, the drives that we need in order for uh, have them as uh, law enforcement canines. But then we will we will get dogs that are pre-titled as well that have some training that we'll get dogs that are fully titled. Um, again, that plays into the cost of the dog in itself, um, <clears throat> and it, you could get a green dog for about forty five hundred dollars. So these are Schutzen dogs. Yes, yeah. yes, KMPV or Schutzen, yeah. um, and then you have some that are completely trained that are cost eighteen to twenty thousand. Again, a lot of the stuff that uh, they're training, we don't utilize that in an aspect of law enforcement. Actually, we need to break, de- train, break that training, train. yeah. detrain them to do what we wanted, want them to do. And actually, that's sometimes harder than yeah. training a, a green dog just to sit, you know, to learn their name. Do they so. ever go to a shelter? Have they ever gotten shelter dogs? Um, <clears throat> for, 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 any. For, my, for my knowledge, no. Okay. From my knowledge, no. Um, but we've had dogs that were donated right. and stuff like that. But from my knowledge, I'm not too sure. Sh- I, I, for me, okay. I don't know. And the cost, the cost on the, the cost to train a bloodhound opposed to an apprehension dog, is, is there a difference in the cost, I would imagine? Yes. So in order, we get our dogs donated. Actually, our bloodhound dogs are donated from the Jimmy Rice Foundation. And to touch on that, as we all know, Jimmy Rice was a, a child that was abducted from the city of Hollywood. And um, tragically, they found the child deceased, and um, they, it, it, it turned into a, a huge thing, and the father was a big advocate for the bloodhounds. So we get the dogs donated, but the dogs then live with the handler for probably about a year prior to training because you need to have that bond completely um, solidified. And then the dog goes to training, gets certified. All of our dogs are certified. And um, the training can be a lot longer, you know, in, its, in itself. Um, there's no minimum standard for, for the bloodhounds as it pertains to case law. However, we do the maximum and actually above and beyond. Um, we, we're, st- we're setting the standard in, our, in the agency I work for, definitely setting the standard. We go above and beyond where some agencies have bloodhounds for double-digit years. And this is, we're in our infancy on, on the bloodhound unit. And we are surpassing them in everything that they have done. And uh, we're, we're actually writing you know, taking the taking the uh, writing the book, writing the book on it. So it, yeah, it. the handlers cool. that uh, cool. are in our unit is they're they're just so devoted to the unit. So you're setting so. This, the the bar very <clears> high. <throat> yeah, and also in, in in every unit, even the uh, apprehension aspect of it, you know, it says minimum of uh, 15 hours per month. We do a minimum of 40. 
Absolutely. You know, so it's it because, like I said, I give you that there's smaller cities and, you know, smaller towns and counties and stuff like that. But our agency is so large and our county is so large that uh, these dogs, we utilize them so much. Um, other other municipal municipalities train with you too right yes yes we welcome the training because we all learn um, we welcome joint training we actually uh, hold huge joint trainings uh, quarterly as well but um, we are definitely definitely uh, appreciative of our neighbors uh, the municipalities and the cities that surround the county um, they're they have they're great uh, evaluators I know they're you know instructors and stuff like that so we help each other it's a it's a very very close close knit family right so it's like a you know and i've said i don't know how many times it's a special camaraderie oh yeah, absolutely that people just don't uh never realize understand. no they don't mm -hmm. understand it at all never. you know I, me I mentioned last week that there's been recent talk about increasing the penalties for people that um injure or kill mm -hmm. po police dogs what, what are your feelings on actually i believe it's been passed oh okay yeah it's been passed um <clears throat> I, it's, I think that's great. You know, I do understand the dog is a toll, but the dog is not a toll. You know, they have to realize that these dogs um, are very important to us, and they should be stiffer penalties to uh, to a battery on a police dog or, or a horse or anything like that because, you know, they're a living, breathing animal, and they are certified. All of our dogs wear uh, badges. The, uh, you know... They're 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 on law for. They are deputized. They are officers. You know, if, you, know. If, you look, if you look behind you real quick, oh, well, you missed it. They were just doing the uh, story on the the canine with the Al Baghdadi. Oh, Conan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting. That that dog's getting a lot of publicity and rightfully rightfully yeah. so. I love the picture with the tongue sticking yeah. out. It's beautiful. 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 That's, that's ISIS, it's great. ISIS retirement plan's not much, is it? No, it's it's, it's not at all. So yeah. That's, Last week I, I cited some statistics, and I'm going to just mention it again. I, I don't know if you're aware, but in uh, 2018, I believe there were 28, nine, 28 canines killed in the line of duty or mm. died in the line of duty. 2019, so far we've had 21. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for various reasons: some were heat exhaustion, five were struck by vehicles, four from gunfire, two in training accidents, two by toxins, one was a duty-related duty illness, and one was from a uh, Vehicle pursuit mm -hmm. with the accident, the couldn't get the canine out. The the dog, the car burst into flames, and that was it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so. yeah. We attended one of those funerals uh, where the dog was in Palm Beach County. Was uh, unfortunately was killed in the line of duty. On the, was, yeah, at the Wellington Mall. Right at the at the mall. Um, it was a dangerous subject. Um, it was unknown if he was armed. As everybody, we don't know if they're armed or not. Right. Uh, he knew he was being sought off by law enforcement. He decided to. Um, Go lethal. And unfortunately, that. the dog saved the handler's life. The dog actually jumped up and uh, was in the line of fire. You know, I've seen, uh, you see so many of these videos with these canine dogs where they're, they're being put down due to illness and cancer, and you'll mm -hmm. see the the troops come out and support it in the lines and, and the respect at the end. I tell you, every time I see it, I get so mm -hmm. choked up. It's just. It's uh, only fitting. These it, dogs deserve proper and proper respect and, and, yeah. and burial and I've always said just like us they're the unsung heroes mm -hmm. of, of police work yeah. and you know you see it and you see them laid out in, in the coffins and all that mm -hmm. and every time I, I tell you it just it affects me more when I see them than sometimes when I see people right well absolutely because you got to remember 
they're they're they have no hate no heart no, they're innocent you know they're innocent they just want to do what they need to do and please their 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 dad or mom and you know family and that's it no so, prejudice they no fight. prejudice Not whatsoever they right, just, right. <laughs> <laughs> equal opportunity yeah, absolutely care less, yeah. it's proper and a lot of and i love the fact that a lot of agencies and in the law enforcement community are recognizing their four-legged yeah. partners and treating them as such and making sure that they are 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 sent off in the proper way and remembered mm, i know i know for a fact that uh the agency that i work for does that and yeah, you they, can see the wall right with they, all the photos they do they do an amazing job and they realize how important it is and it's a it's a it's a good thing it's an actual it's it's humbling it's yeah. very humbling absolutely so. i'd like to thank a very special guest manny Crustofios. I love saying that name. It's, it's hard. To, it's hard. You know, it's hard to get it out. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's been an honor and a pleasure to really have you here. I really appreciate you taking time from your day to uh, sit down and talk with us. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, hopefully, you come back in the uh, in the future Absolutely. and maybe bring some of your uh, four-legged friends. Yeah, love to. Little no. bite, Rob. I I don't think so. You can, hey, you can try the sleeve on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe. Okay. As always, before we sign off, we like to honor our fallen brothers and sisters. Tonight we honor Canine Rocco, who, and you mentioned earlier, dogs being dogs. Okay. And uh, Canine Rocco was struck and killed by a vehicle on Avenue 328 in Visalia at about 10 p.m. doing what dogs do. His handler had led him out of their patrol car for a break, and when he saw a rabbit, he ran after it. He ran into the roadway and struck, was struck by a passing vehicle. Canaan Rocco had served with the Tulare County Sheriff's Office for five months. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we broadcast live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern on our Observations Facebook page and the Metaphor Creative Media Observations YouTube channel. channel. iTunes. <laughs> and iTunes. And iTunes. Uh, not yet. And Twitter. And Twitter. Twitter at the Observations underscore. How to get that in. So we got that in? We're good? You're good. Are we good? Okay, we're good. All right, until next week, stay safe, God bless, and thanks for watching.